here we go now you see i always open this show don't i by shouting loudly welcome to another episode of the kubuntu podcast and just for effect this time i thought maybe i'd try to be a little bit more controlled on my introductions so of course we are in the sedate month of february and we are back the intrepid team for another episode of the kubuntu podcast so hello and welcome to another episode uh, brought to you with the help of big blue button linode bite mark and of course the awesomeness that is the kubuntu community i'm rick timmis and joining me today are my co-hosts ovi and aaron hello aaron how are you mate mm, fantastic nice beard you're sporting there sir very good show i i feel excellent <laughs> <laughs> Ovi, hey mate, how you doing? I'm very angry right now. Are you really? Yes, okay. I will talk about this when I will start talking about what I've been doing. When we that get sounds... to that part. So I'm angry. I'll start with that. Oh, we like it. Good, good. Okay. Because I can't use other words to describe. It won't, wouldn't be nice to describe my actual state right now <laughs> cool all right so well let's give you uh, folks out there a quick summary of what we're going to be getting into today so we have got for you uh news from kubuntu and of course from kde uh user feedback and news from the kubuntu core team uh today we'll be focusing on a kubuntu converged device and we've got our Linux gaming news section, podcast listener feedback. So we're going to get you plugged into the Kubuntu matrix. Good stuff. Now, before we get started, guys, I wanted to introduce a new section. I'm going to try this. It's um, that uh, I've heard the uh, old Chris Fisher, a good friend of ours over at Jupiter Broadcasting, who does this during the Linux Unplugged show. And um, he talks about uh, greetings from the mumble room because those guys have an audio bridge and it suddenly dawned on me as the month went by that of course here in our big blue button conference server we too have an audio bridge where some of the developers uh, are about and hang around and tell us some information and stuff like that so i'm going to chance my arm and see whether i can get a uh, a time appropriate greeting a hello goodbye see you later or something like that from the wonderful devs and kubuntu community in our big blue button audio bridge so here we go in three two one hello and welcome to the folks in the big blue button audio bridge give us a wave say hi hi hello fantastic oh, hey it worked there was it was i was i was afraid there fellas for a moment i thought no don't say we're gonna have a tumbleweed moment but we didn't so so of course uh, if you're watching this live on the youtube live youtube stream check us out on google plus come across to big blue button come and join us come and hang out we've got a, a irc ch style chat room there's an audio bridge you can see the video you can see all the show notes that we're doing we're a community come on down and join us come on down and join us okay let's move into the next segue then and see what our intrepid hosts have been up to over the last month or so since we've seen them last so let's start with aaron aaron looking cool with your hat and your beard what have you been up to mate what are you doing i've been dealing with spam comments on my ubuntu loco uh my friend helping me reinforce it with let's encrypt 
and two-factor authorization to log in, and buying lots of USB Type-C stuff now with my new phone having Type-C. Uh, okay. So, uh, so on your your uh, Ubuntu Loco, do you, are you are you like a are you a coordinator or an organizer? Do you run a lo a Loco over there in Florida or something? Tell us about that. Yeah, we have a. I've gotten a website up for. A, I bought the domain Ubuntu-fl.org. Oh, okay. I can switch that if we want to switch to that. Let's see how you can switch to what? <coughs> to their site. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, and you say buying lots of USB Type C cables for your new phone. Um, what new phone have you got then? I've gotten the ZTE Z Max Pro. Oh, cool! Gee, wow. wow, that looks pretty pokey. Well, it's got a case on it, that's why. It's got a fingerprint reader and Type-C port. Uh, okay. Nice. Well, that looks pretty cool. That's the and, fingerprint um, reader on the back? Mm-hmm. I just use it to unlock it. And then it has nice Type-C port. Nice. Cool. Very good. Stuff. I'm actually thinking to buy a OnePlus 4. There's no such thing as a OnePlus 4. Yet. <laughs> you know you know why I want to buy a OnePlus 4 and not a OnePlus 3? 3T. Yeah, you know why? Mm. Because my OnePlus 1 still holds. I still, still works. Still works like as in day one. Only well, battery is used, but the software, perfect. Well, I only I only had to reset it once during some upgrades because some things went wrong. But other than that, still works like a charm. So I, there's no reason that, for me to change it. We got that thing at uh, 4.4.2, and I was sitting at 7.1.1. That Nexus phone had. That's how great that phone was to me. But time to change. I want the nice new stuff. Oh, I, I'm waiting for. I'm hoping and hoping and praying that uh, somebody like Meizu or somebody else is going to do a uh, a new Ubuntu phone, or you know, uh, um, especially one that's got the Meerkast thing on it, so I can kind of um, use it uh, as a desktop as well. But we'll see. And uh, what else have you been doing there, uh, Aaron? He said something about, have you been doing something with Nextcloud? Tell us what you've been up to with that. Oh, um, since we've moved to Nextcloud for podcast-related stuff, my friend has also given me 140 gigs on his server for Nextcloud setup. And I, a few days ago, I made the jump to 17.04, and I realized that they have no client built for 17.04 for the Nextcloud. So with some help with Clive, I've compiled it on 1704, and it's on a PPA on Launchpad. Wait, ah. do, do we have a client for, for Yakety? We do. It's on Nextcloud developers have made a Yaki and Xenial uh, client, but no Zesty client yet. It's in the show notes. There's a link to my PPA for it. 
Yeah, cool. Okay, that'll be really useful. So anybody who is uh, trying out Zesty or looking to move to Zesty, we'll be talking more about what's coming on that later in the show. Uh, then check out the show notes that we've got here and the uh, the links to uh, Aaron's PPA for that next cloud package. So you can install that by adding his PPA to your sources list. Cool. All right. Good stuff. Um, so, um, well, um, what have I been up to? I have been trying to fix my podcast studio workstation. You might know that here is the black background again. I'm not sitting at my kitchen table on a laptop anymore. That doesn't work. And, uh, well, it uh, gave me all kinds of audio sync problems, but I uh, couldn't get the audio working down here in the studio. But I fixed all of that now, so I've got back to how I was before with some bit of lighting, got the show notes here, got everything organized. I've had to move to using a headset rather than uh, the microphone that I had before, but I'm doing some practicing earlier on with the audio, so hopefully things are a little bit better. And it's good to be back in the studio, actually, um, and doing this rather than working from the laptop. Not that, um, not that it was totally terrible on the laptop, but it feels so much more comfortable to be back here doing this. So that's good. Um, I've also started trying to learn Spanish. So I've been um, starting to, to learn that language and practice a little bit with that. So uh, obviously that explains a few things. Uh, exp how do you mean explains a few things? Go on. Well, you're going crazy all of the all the time, just with small little expressions in Spanish. Like, what's wrong with him? Why is he keep? Why does he keep talking like that? And that's why he's trying to learn a language. So there's nothing wrong with him. <laughs> well, that's debatable, Ovi. Um, but I'm still trying to learn a language. <laughs> and um, and in other news, so um, I got told off. I, I actually got told off um, at, it, at my workplace because of your dreaded ringtone, oh, video, Florin Bogdan. So um, you've been called a narcissist, admit it. Yeah, well, what happened was that apparently people complained that the ringtone was really annoying them and making them angry. And so they asked me to turn it off. So I had to have, I had to take my Rick, 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 Rick ringtone off and put just something, you know, some generic Muzak based thing and also turn it down and make it much quieter. Um, so I think that I think that that's a, a result. It deserves ten out of ten for that. And uh, when we get an opportunity to meet up, I'm going to buy you a beer for that one, Ovi, because I Viva the Revolution! I love it. Fantastic. <laughs> Good. What about you, Ovi? What have you been doing? Oh, where should I start? So I'll start with the light things. Uh, I've been interesting interested in the legal stuff lately. So uh, I've seen an article regarding fa the Facebook terms, and I got pretty pissed from what I read about from that article about Facebook terms, and I quit Facebook for about a week or so. Uh, I just signed out and from every device, this uninstalled all the apps and just stopped using Facebook altogether. Uh, and that was until I finished reading their terms. That was my goal. So I started reading their terms, and in in conclusion, everything written in that article was just how can I say nicely? Not true. Yeah, that, that's how I can say it nicely. It was not true regarding uh, okay. their terms and how the, how uh, uh, what did that article said. Uh, the, that article said that Facebook can change their terms whenever they want without announcing us, and they can add or remove stuff whenever they want. So. Until I checked that and I read all their terms and pro po uh, privacy policies and 
other policies. Uh, until I read all those, I just quit using Facebook. And I finished reading a few days ago, and then I, I saw, okay, uh, I don't like sections 2.1 and 9.3, but I can live with them. So, I uh, okay. Uh, 2.1 just is their excuse of... Uh, that they need in order to be able to move your data from one server to another and one server might not be directly owned by them and might might be from a third parties uh, but the way it's formulated uh, it allows to more much more movement for for them with my data and that's why I don't really agree with that uh, specific formulation of uh, the paragraph and 9.3 is just leaves a broad understanding that can be interpreted however they want according to the situation. That's why those are the two sections I don't like. Uh, if you want to go into details, go read them sections 2.1 and 9.3. Okay, that's the little stuff. The big stuff, okay. uh, in case you haven't read the international or news since... I guess my, most of everybody's international right now. Uh, there are right now approximately uh, 300,000 people in the streets of Romania protesting uh, stuff that happened. Yeah, Laura just told me 350,000 people are out in the streets right now. At least 3,000 people in my city, and my city uh, has a relatively small population. And they're protesting about the release of Windows 10, the latest update, is that right? Well, they're a bit late for that. Uh, but no, they're not. Uh, the protest is because... Uh, well, the protest started a week ago, actually, when uh, a proposal for a new law came, and that law in the proposed form allows, the, allows uh, every corrupt person who, is, who has a penal file uh, to be exempted from everything they might have been might have done so all the corrupt politicians all the people who have been followed or are in trials or followed as in by the anti-corruption organization uh, uh, all of them would just be all their history all their deeds would be just erased completely and there would be no punishment they wouldn't pay for anything and they proposed that then when they proposed that people started coming out in the streets and we've been a few thousand tens of tens of thousands of people in the streets every day since they proposed that and uh, yesterday while i was coming home from work on the road in the middle of the night it was about uh, 10 in the in the after evening evening or night how do i classify that uh, at about okay at about 10 in the evening i heard on the radio that uh, the minister of justice uh, pronounced that they they added they uh, what's the english word for that to they accept passed, the law, to pass yeah they passed the law they, yeah they passed the law as an emergency in the middle of the night they had a short 2 hour 2 hour and a half meeting uh, where they discussed that law and they just passed it without going through the parliament without going through the uh, uh, constitutional room I'm, lit, I'm translating directly because i don't know exact the exact names in english uh, they just passed it in the middle of the night without uh, talking with any 
anybody who would be responsible in reviewing that law beforehand. Uh, and the, they passed it. And okay, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be active from starting uh, after three days after they passed it. And now, uh, just the day before they passed it, there were at least a hundred thousand people out in the whole country, out in the streets. Uh, earlier tonight, there were a hundred and fifty thousand out only in the capital. Right now, there are a lot of people out in the streets protesting. Uh, last night, as soon as I got home, I got home. I told my family what happened because they weren't watching the news, and. After that, I ate something and I just left and went went out to protest. And we were very few in our cities. Again, it's a small city, but and in the middle of the night, we just came out. And uh, last night, we were over a hundred thousand people out in the night in the streets protesting this. The problem is, m many people still believe what the parties, what the party who uh, passed this law say that if the yeah, it's legal. It's perfectly legal what they did, but uh, the problem is it's not moral because they just they have some excuses. But I'm not going to go into all the details. It's not moral to just re erase all the corruption deeds they corrupted deeds they've done uh, just because they want to. No, the story is way longer. If you want, you can read. There are many articles online. Uh, yeah, but, but I'm going to stop here. But Romania is. Romania is part of the EU now, aren't you? You're part of the European yes. Union. Yes. EU. So doesn't this change in legislation in Romania bring Romania into line with the current legislation that's in place in the European uh, Union's parliament? Yeah, that is one of the pretexts they used in, or in order to pass it. They said that uh, they need to pass this in order to... Be, uh, avoid some fine that they would get from the European Union because they had too many we have too many people in prisons and not enough prisons for them so they're they're saying that they're passing this law in order to let some people out of the of jails of jail yeah. uh, in order to uh, get get to level with the rest of Europe and among those categories what I've heard on the news was uh, including rapists they're just gonna leave them out of the let them out of jail well um so the so if you are an MEP, if you're a member of the European Parliament, or indeed if you work as a civil servant in the European Parliament, these laws apply there. So as an MEP, member of the European Parliament, you are immune from prosecution. Okay, um, to be prosecuted, first of all, uh, the Parliament has to pass a special dispensation to waive your political immunity and that immunity is only re removed on a case-by-case -case basis so yeah. doesn't this doesn't this political immunity from challenge uh, doesn't this make the Romanian government the same so basically you know the the politicians that are running Romania and Europe can now operate without fear of prosecution should they behave uh, we have we have the same uh, implementation in the Romanian Parliament, so they cannot be prosecuted without uh, an agreement from the entire Parliament or from the uh, some group. I, I don't know the exact names. Uh, they cannot be prosecuted without that. Uh, so they are just building files about everything they've done illegally. And as soon as their mandate is over, they're being prosecuted. Or as soon as the parliament or the group that needs to vote on will agree that, okay, we can prosecute him, they will prosecute him. But they need mm -hmm. to vote on that. So that's why many of these 
people haven't been prosecuted yet. They're just do keeping over there, and they uh, they keep doing. I posted an article yesterday in Washington from Washington Post. I posted it on the the Kubuntu channel, so you guys can see it. The biggest problem is I keep forgetting the English term for that uh, when they abuse their power. When they abuse their uh, position in the state, uh, I don't know. There's a, a term for that in English, but I don't know it. Misprision is a, a, le a legal construct. It's called misprision when you um, when you basically act inappropriately like that or act mor immorally. That's that's one particular word that might work for it. Okay, well, so well, we don't want to lay misconduct. Yeah, misconduct. Um, so well. Um, well, we don't want to labor that labor on that too much because it's yeah, quite off topic. We are, but, yeah, uh, but let's, I can, let's, let's stop I can, this. I can fully understand why you why you are incensed. Um, I can completely understand by that, and it's very good, by the way, that three hundred and fifty thousand other Romanian people are incensed also, uh, because uh, that's a significantly greater number of the population that are paying attention to their governance than is yeah. happening in many other countries. I think one more thing that I would like to add: the problem is right now that. Uh, Romanians have gotten used to the corruption, so they are uh, very numb right now with how much they can do. They're not aware of their power, of how much they can do. So they're not coming out in the streets, they're not protesting, they're not saying anything because uh, nothing's going to happen anyway. So what's the point of going out? So that's why <laughs> most of them are not coming out. Then there's a small group who says, who pretend or they actually don't understand why this law is a problem. And they keep complaining about it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know good okay well look i tell you we need to press on and uh, we'll move on from that but uh, i think it's worthwhile if you have a mind too and you're watching the show go and have a look and see uh, it's definitely worthwhile finding out just what the extent of uh, of of political of of criminal and civil immunity is provided to people uh, members of governance in and around europe it's quite interesting but let's move on and take a sec a break for a section just to thank one of our sponsors because of course we are here in big blue button as always using uh, this video conferencing tool and uh, those of you that have attended the kubuntu parties will have seen our big blue button conference and online education service which gives us video audio presentation, screen share, and whiteboard tools, along with the audio bridge, chat room, etc. We're really grateful to Fred Dixon and the team at bigbluebutton.org. It's an open source project, um, so you can go and download the source code and run it up on a server for yourself and set up your own Big Blue Button conference or education server. Um, and of course, you can also get involved in their community and hack around on the technology as well, if you so like. So do go over to their website, bigbluebutton.org, check them out, get in touch with them, maybe send Fred an email and let them know that you got sent over there by the wonderful guys over at the Kubuntu community. So many thanks to you guys at Big Blue Button. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, right. So let's break into uh, Kubuntu news and um, let's kick off with article number one. I throw this to the floor to see uh, which one of you lovely fellas wants to talk a little bit about this if you've seen some of the news on it. And this is this new KDE Slim book. I can say a few things about it. Yes, Aaron, if you want if you want to take it. No, I don't know much about it. Okay, I've looked into it. I've so initial 
how I found out about it was from Aleish Paul. He posted a link, I think, to exactly this. Or no, 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 to a different article. He posted a link on Facebook, so I saw that. Uh, so this is a Spanish company that partnered with KDE in order to ship a laptop or a group of laptops with uh, KDE Distro. Uh, I, I shouldn't call it a KDE. A distro that has KDE installed on it. They uh, agreed to ship with Neon as far as I understand. Uh, unless yeah. this article you linked uh, says something different. No, that's correct, Over Yeah, it ships with, uh, with KDE Neon. Okay. And I've looked over those laptops. They're pretty good hardware. They're very good hardware. They're uh, stopping at, uh, let's say, a bit over mid-range. That's what. That's my opinion. Comparing to System76 and other uh, Linux uh, running laptops that are just being sold with Linux pre-installed. And they've agreed to combine their logo, the company logo, with the KDE logo. So they, they combined that and added that on the laptop. Uh, they're calling it the KDE Slimbook. The price is very good. The price is actually very good. Actually, I've been looking to buy, uh, to buy or to recommend this laptop to some of my friends. Uh, because honestly, I would really buy it for myself unless I were on a budget. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I would d definitely recommend this laptop. These laptops, the whole company. So they're based in Spain, but they ship worldwide. Uh, it, of course, for the Spanish users would be the best thing. Ask me some questions, please, about this. Yeah, so, um, well, tell us a little bit about just about the laptop in general, kind of like, is it, uh, you know, what's it made out of? Is it super lightweight, one of these ultra lightweight books, or is it a big laptop and kind of... So the the size, they're usually, uh, they range uh, between 14 inches. As, actually, all of them, I think, they are 14 inches. They have two or three laptops, uh, as far as I've seen. Uh, they they are both on 14 inches a diagonal of the screen and they're very they're very light as in one point something kilograms so they're they're, they're they're really light uh, one thing that they mentioned and they sh this is one of their showcase is they don't their motherboards on in those laptops don't have the replaceable components soldered on the motherboard so you can swap you can change the ram you can change the cpu you can change the wireless board or the bluetooth board you can change those you can replace those in case they break or whatever uh, the ssd inside is also swappable you can remove it and change it so none of these important components are soldered directly on the board uh, I haven't seen I don't remember seeing something about if the cpu is soldered on the motherboard but you have an option to choose which CPU you want, so probably not, but I'm, I'm not sure. I've seen some reviews uh, about the laptops. Uh, the cooling system of the laptop is rather small compared to my Galago from System76, so there's a flattened a copper pipe that comes from the CPU. They, the fan is, really, is pretty small, and the Right in the middle of the laptop, below the screen, it gets pretty hot. 
uh, this review that I've seen is not of the this uh, specific laptop that they're selling with uh, KDE Neon. It's of the same model, but what they had before. Because on their website, uh, I don't know if they have it right now, but when I looked after the announcement, I haven't seen anything about the KDE partnership on their official website. Which, by the way, by default, their site is in Spanish, and I chose the English side, and it was... 98% translated into readable English. Okay. Okay. So it's, right. it's, well, it's, it's a good company, but again, they're focusing for their Spanish customers. So yeah. that's, that's their main focus. So uh, I, I would still recommend it. There are a few... I would test it, but take, take it with a grain of salt. But I'd still recommend it. Okay, okay, all right. So, well, I think it's a really, really important move, and it shows that there is a growing marketplace now for this kind of product. We were talking um, to uh, System76 um, just a couple of shows ago, and, um, you know, obviously their business has grown tremendously, um, and they're supplying laptops Um in you know considerable quantities now, and have a, a you know a wide variety of different machines that you can get, and uh, obviously there must be customers out there that are buying this and looking for this product. Um, now I did a little bit of searching around as well, um, and came across another company which I was really quite pleased to see and quite excited about because they're based here in the UK. This company is called Nimbusoft or Nimbusoft, and um, they're based up in the northeast of the UK in Newcastle, and um, they are an open source specialist company. So they specialize in in just focusing on delivering services and hosting and business applications and stuff. But they also have a Nimbus, Nimbusoft store where they provide hardware and they've got four laptops up there, um, a Juno, a Luna, uh, an Aurora and some other ones. The bit that I was really excited about was that these laptops come installed with Kubuntu. Um, so uh, as an option, so, so obviously you can choose the operating system that you want, but you can uh, order your laptop installed with Kubuntu 16.04 LTS or Kubuntu 16.10. Um, so uh, I've only just discovered this so far, but I'm going to get in touch with the company and give them a call and see whether I can get one of their uh, engineers or their commercial guys to, um, to come in and talk to us. Uh, on the show perhaps next time and tell us a little bit more about that so watch this space I'll try and find out more and get somebody on here to tell us a bit more about about that and as Aaron rightly says does their OEM work uh, well this this company's pretty uh, what's the word they're very well versed and very capable and competent um, open source workshop uh, they've got their own in fact they've got their own linux distribution called eloquent os um, and they've got their own app store a little bit like our discover software center and you can have that as an installed option as well so um so i would think that um if there were any issues with oem installation or anything like that i would think they've probably wrapped a lot of that stuff to give themselves an installation workflow so but we the good questions we could get them on here if we can and ask them about that uh, so that's pretty good. Yeah, that would be uh, very, very nice. Aaron, do you want to cover the last news? The last piece of news? The 5.8 release? Dot .9. Yes, that thing. Yeah, I have the slide. I can switch over to the video if we want to do that first. Perfect. 
Yeah, great. And uh, we'll just cut away this uh, intermission part. Yeah. All right, so... La, 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 la. Yep, make it full screen. And uh -huh. hit... Make it full screen, hit play, and shut up. video should be over now. Yay, fantastic. So, um, I think most of the people that we've been speaking to have been really impressed actually with, um, with the number of features and the level of integration that's, um, that's been put into um, Plasma 5.9. And as that video demonstrates there, it, you know, it really does look really quite something um, and many of the old tools that you would have you know the old integrations like the meta key for launching the menu and um, all those sort of functions are all back and integrated in now and um, uh, so that's really really good news and uh, as that de that video demonstrates it's looking really good as well so <clears throat> that's all we've got in the news for this section and um, we'll jump over into find out who's been playing with what in our elevator picks bit. So um, now <clears throat> I, um, <laughs> okay. Um, 
Oh, you guys who just bailed out on me. Oh, no. Right. Okay. All right. So, no, so Ovi hasn't got anything and Aaron hasn't got anything. Would well, you know what? I think we all got caught out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's not watching, we're editing the show notes, telling him to skip me and a video, then skip Rick, too. <laughs> oh, I'm hurt. I'm wounded now. I am. So, that was a video, well, not me, I swear. <laughs> oh, there it is. Well, just for that, I'm going to get really excited about some more stuff that I have been um, playing about with. So give me a second. I'm going to just get a couple of things here. Um, so I was supposed to cover Docker today. I, I know many people were eager to see that, even though I haven't seen any feedback regarding that on any social media, social network. So, I don't know. Basically, if you want to learn Docker, there's plenty of documentation out there. So, me just redoing one of them, I don't really see a big benefit from that. So, okay. I can do a short <laughs> demo, but, but again, I don't really see a big benefit for that. Don't worry. Okay. Well,. I'm not worried too much about uh, about that because, let me just put this out of the way here, I've just shared this with you. This is something that I've been playing around with quite a lot for a, for a little while now. So, uh, so what you've got up on the uh, screen in the presentation panel here, this is a piece of software called GQRX. You can find it in, uh, you'll, you should find it in Discover. Um, I know for sure that you will definitely find it in the Muon Package Manager. So if you... Um, if you've got the Muon package manager installed or or if you install that, you'll find this in the ham radio section. And, um, so I've been working um, with this for a little while trying to trying to get it working. Basically, it's a software defined radio and uh, it allows you to listen to uh, radio from VHF frequencies and what you can see here on the screen is basically a radio signal I'm I'm actually tuned into 7.1 megahertz which is a HF band the ham radio HF band and um, and I updated the software by adding the PPAs for this so I went and searched for GQRX on launchpad found the PPAs added them to my sources and then installed this latest version but the version that's in uh, Muon which is an earlier version that we've got packaged, um, is reasonably good. It just doesn't have quite as many features as the new version if you use the PPA. And uh, and I'll try and share some links for the PPA in the show notes in a bit. But um, but I've got this working really well, really successfully now. And what I'll do is I'll hold this little box of magic up here to the camera so you can have a look. Here, if I can... If I can let me just unplug it one moment. Oh, and I'll show you what... what try not to break something, Greg. So I've got this little device here, which I've just unplugged, and basically it is uh, a little <laughs> a steel container, uh, and in here are two circuit boards. There is an uh, a circuit board called an RTL SDR, which is a small dongle board, and then there's another board in here, which is called an upverter, and what it does is it takes signal from the aerial, and it picks up all the HF frequencies and upverts them, so adds 125,000, 125, 000, 1000 megahertz uh no 125 megahertz to the signal um and then you, this allows you to tune into the hf uh, frequencies so with this rigged up to uh, and that little bit 
UNC connector you see I've got there, that's connected to literally a long piece of wire. And I'm, I kid you not when I say a long piece of wire, I've got a reel of ordinary copper wire and I tied it to the corner of my house and then I carried it all the way down the garden and strapped it up into the tree and connected it to this little piece of coax and it comes into my little room here and plugs into there. Make and, sure that uh, cable is not grounded anywhere. Here in the middle of the screen there, uh, on the picture, you can see that there is a... Uh, no, actually, it does need to be grounded, actually. Um, that's quite important for the antenna to work because you're, you're creating a dipole between the long wire and the ground. So the ground of your coax, the ground of my coax is I've hammered a, a threaded bar into the ground, literally into the soil, and wrapped around that is some cable, and that's connected to one end of the coax. So the ground plane is, the di is one half of the dipole, and then the other end is the long wire it's very rudimentary but it works there are there are much better um setups than that and even a simple dipole antenna would be better than that but the point is is that for about 10 pounds you can get one of these sdr devices a usb device from amazon say plug it into usb connect it to a long wire install this piece of software and all of a sudden you can hear radio stations from all over the place and just yesterday um, I had this uh, listening in the evening because um, the the ionosphere is what, what you call quite it's delivering quite a lot of radio propagation at the moment so I was listening to uh, stations in Romania and stations in Sardinia and Vienna um, talking to other stations in Russia, in Florida, in Canada, um, and holding these radio conversations backwards and forwards, all off of this little device. Um, what about Japan? And, uh, absolutely fantastic fun. It was really, really good fun, and um, I was really enjoying it. And it, uh, Japan, no, didn't hear anything from Japan. <coughs> but I have something else to show you, another piece of software. To go with uh, to go with this particular thing, which I also discovered in the uh, in the ham software section. So that piece of software that I've just shown there is called Gurex, and this second piece of software I'm going to show you now is Klog or yeah Klog, um, and this again is in the ham radio section. And this piece of software, what this allows you to do here, you can see, is it's a simple logging record. And basically, it allows you to put the call sign in. So if you don't know anything about ham radio, um, all of the radio operators that operate on amateur radio bands, they all have call signs uh, that relate to their country. And they have to take a radio license. There are four different types of license that you can acquire to give you access to different radio bands and enable you to be qualified to do set up antennas and use radio equipment etc and most people have a call sign so like for example last night i was listening to uh, a person called stefan who was transmitting from vienna in austria and his call sign was um zero echo three delta india alpha um and uh, so what this logging record allows you to do is to put it keeps a, an ongoing record of date and time that it's clocking all the time so it's got a, a timestamp available it allows you to put the call sign in the person's name their qth which is their location uh, to specify what band you were receiving them on so what frequency what band and what frequency and to spe specify how much radio signal you were getting how good their audio was and you can add notes etc um, and this is a common thing that amateur radio enthusiasts will do they will um, they'll 
sit on a band and they'll transmit CQDX, CQDX and see if they can get a communication back. And then they'll exchange information with one another so that they can locate on a map or see how far they can get their, uh, their radio transmissions to go. So, so if you're interested, um, you know, folks out there in Kubuntu community, if you are interested in finding out a little bit more about radio, then, um, then have a look at these tools. Um, there's some information in the show notes uh, about them. Um, and also, of course, you can go and look at RSGB or, or any one of the other websites to do with ham radio in your country. Um, but I'm really pleased with these tools, and I've got them working ever so well here now they've got it all tuned up. And uh, it's jolly exciting, actually, guys. I'm very pleased. Wow, Rick, Rick you really covered that topic. I knew uh, amateur radio was a big thing, but I didn't know we had in the KD stack applications specifically for this. So I'm very happy to see that our community is even more diverse. Yeah, it's really it is really good, um, and. Uh, there are tons of tools out there and I, I'm not going to spoil the fun because I'm going to be playing with these over time and as I get more things working and plugged in I will um, you know I will uh, I will um, tell you more about them okay right let's uh, let's break for a second and we will I'm just going to put the timestamp here in here and then we'll move over to our info focus section and I'll set the scene for a conversation I'll give you some background and then I want to know what you guys think um, okay here we go right so that was me. That, that wasn't lag, actually. That was me sitting around and waiting for a second. So we'll need to edit that out. So here's a question for you. This section is in, 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 uh, in to, all to do with a converged Kubuntu device. So here was my thinking, and I want to know what you guys think about this. You'll remember that uh, months ago we had Marius Gripsard come on the show from UbiPorts, who had been working on porting Ubuntu Touch to many different devices, the OnePlus One, um, uh, the open source phone, all kinds of uh, Android devices that he's ported things to. And of course, you'll remember over when you went to um, Academy last year or where QCom was uh, uh, was uh, um, operating at the same time um, Sebastian Kugler was there with plasma touch or plasma mobile uh, and he had got some things working on a device etc Berlin thank you that's right so it set me about thinking because obviously there'd been a, a rather large flame war set about by Joey at oh my god Ubuntu because he'd posted a story on OMG Ubuntu saying that Ubuntu was no longer going to be releasing updates for the Ubuntu phone or Ubuntu touch that they'd only be releasing some updates for the BQ Aquarius tablet. And this caused this sense that, oh gosh, Ubuntu Touch wasn't being developed anymore and they were moving to snaps and all kinds of things. Um, and it set me about thinking to myself about, you know, where that story had come from and how much the community has engaged with Ubuntu Touch and with these kinds of devices, you know. And the question is, has the wider Ubuntu community, has it really engaged with those devices as much as 
uh, perhaps canonical would have expected. And then the further question was, was have we, you know, have we in the Kubuntu community engaged with the possibility for these devices? Because we know that we can have plasma mobile running on a device. There oughtn't really be too many reasons why somebody like Marius Ubiports could not get uh, a packaged up distro working, perhaps even getting uh, Kubuntu working with plasma mobile. And, um, I, I just wonder how, I remember a, a project called Vivaldi that was talked about, oh, three, four years ago, which was going to be a tablet that would have um, KDE on it. And it was there was a, a, a special KDE desktop de developed for it, um, and the hardware never got released. But my question is, what about it? A converged Kubuntu device, do you think it is possible? And do you think it, we could do it as a community? Um, what are your comments, Aaron? Um, the mobile market's just an interesting place for development. I'm not sure that there's places for new devices, to be honest. Android and Apple are like holding it so grip with death grips on. I, I have to disagree with that. Uh, I believe there really is room for other other platforms in the market. The only problem with having them widely used is marketing. So we need a lot of marketing and we need pre-installed devices because most people won't won't tackle the idea of reinstalling their operating system on their device, especially with not without having commercial support behind it. So if we would ship, uh, like uh, Yola shipped uh, devices, like uh, mm, uh, other, other I, I can't remember any right now. Sailfish? Sailfish is the operating system from Yola, right? The newest phone from Yola was uh, Yola C, which was a, yeah. a community device. Yeah, so I believe there's yes. a market for that, but we, uh, and, but it's it needs a lot more uh, advertising it needs a lot of advertising the prices are not high the prices are not too low the prices are just right for them the problem is uh, again the market the market uh, as in uh, the app store or how do you want to call it uh, google's google google's app store it just exploded with the number of application uh, apple's app store is again huge the uh, Microsoft's App Store is just a poor attempt, and people just gave up on all those phones. I know a lot of people who had Microsoft phones, and they just gave them up because there was nothing to install on them. They, there was nothing to do on them. And again, having this, having a very wide and open environment for developers in order to develop new applications, and easy way and an easy way to have applications in in the store is mandatory for this. Developing a, uh, an Android application, it's, it's stupid easy. You can develop it with the official Google tools or you can just run from a website and create an HTML5 application in five minutes, I'll build you Mario or something like that. So it's very, in, you need to have a very low barrier of entry in order to be able to have a wide developer community for your platform 
And I believe with KD, by having the KD store, by having uh, more and more advertisement about KD Plasma and other KD software, there's a lot of room for uh, a KD mobile phone. And I believe that uh, Plasma Mobile has a great opportunity here. I haven't installed it on my OnePlus One yet because it's my only and my main phone. So I'm still, I don't want to break it by any chance. But if I'll buy a new phone, I will install definitely install it on that. If Marius uh, wants to do some testing and has the patience, I have my old phone, an XSS, which I would be willing to put Plasma Mobile on it. But I don't have the time and motivation to, to work on the porting myself. Right now, I'm involved in a lot of different projects. I, th I think the problem with it is, like, like you said, apps. If there's no developers, there's no apps, there's no apps, there's no users. That's been Ubuntu's yeah. thing. But in the US, our, our carriers are a lot different than like UK and other places. They're lock locking a lot down. They're getting le a lot leaser on it, lighter on it. But I think that's a major problem with US. That's why we don't have a Ubuntu phone at the point at, right now. And Android came around when people were probably like, oh, I don't want to pay $400, $500 for a phone. Android could come out with a phone that's less than $200, $250. And at this point, Android wants to bring Android 1 phones, which are dirt cheap. And there's no market for it because people can always get cheap phones and easier to get on Android than it was when iPhone just had iPhone. That was it. Smartphones. Yeah, and I've seen many of these new new phones with other platforms. They're they're targeting low price, and low price means low specs. And people with the experience from Android, they expect low specs to work horribly, which is not the case because it's a completely different operating system. As was the example with Windows Mobile, uh, they they had very low specs compared to Android phones or iPhones. Uh, but their system did not require that much, that uh, many resources. So their win their phones worked very. They were very smooth. The interface of the phone was horrible. So it was basically unusable. I don't know who designed that, but everybody I've talked to, and especially me, consider that design to be. Uh, I can't find a. Uh, I cannot be polite in describing the, how that interface looks and works. And besides that, developers just didn't do apps, didn't create apps for Microsoft, mostly because they thought, hey, there are no users on it, so uh, I'm not going to make any apps for that platform. And users said, there aren't any apps, so I'm not going to buy a phone for that. So it's a vicious circle. I think the only way to get apps is to pay. So I was thinking about this and uh, about that very thing. I... Rick has a huge lag. Or is it just me? I have a little bit of lag, so um, I have a little bit of lag, but what I'll do is... A I'll little bit, he said. A, a little bit, um, he so said. I, well, just for a moment, so I just keep it going. Um, and so that it, it Anyway, what I was going to say was this: is I've done um, I've done a little bit of uh, development for Ubuntu uh, apps, and I know Aaron has too. And um, 
one of the things that uh, much of what's being done for the app development is being done in Qt Creator. So they're using Qt for their envir development environment. Uh, and I'm not entirely sure exactly how the interaction with that and the Unity desktop takes place. But certainly the apps seem to be, they don't quite slot like straight into the into the Unity interface like, for example, um, you know they're not they're not they're not they don't feel quite so native and so for example on my Aquarius uh, tablet I've got the uh, the the Ubuntu Touch developed apps and then I've got these libertine based apps or the ordinary X apps like GIMP and Li and LibreOffice and things like this etc which is great but I just wonder about with KDE and Kubuntu for example everything that we're doing in our app set and in all the KDE application sets, including the desktop, is all developed in Qt. And of course, that means that through the Qt framework, we have all of that responsive design, all of that flexibility. It's quite possible to have three or four different desktop layouts, to have a, a broad desktop layout and a Plasma mobile style, style, style layout, um, and to make those changes. And that means that or does that mean that in our software center, the uh, software applications that are in our Discover and Software Center would be equally as installable on a mobile device or on a tablet as they are, are on a laptop? So would that make then that the fact that we're using KDE, would that make the device naturally convergent? What do you think? The user interface on a phone and desktop or even tablet is drastically different. And I don't think that applications will be able to work right out of the box no matter how you write them in the same language or, or they even compile for the same architecture. It's the way that people use applications, mobile and desktop, is drastically different. Yes, Windows 8 was a big example of failing to have this convergence by having the same app with the same interface run on mobile, tablet, and desktop interfaces. That just doesn't work. You can't use this, the app in the same way on all devices. With minor tweaks, it might make it barely usable, but it still would be very uncomfortable to use. So in order to have this, uh, you need to really think it through and have the design be very flexible according to the platform you're having. And KD has a solution for that. It's called Kirigami. Oh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Do you know much more about Kirigami? So Kirigami already has had its second release, if I remember correctly. It's basically a framework in uh, in the KDE stack, and it provides user interface elements like uh, cute controls, like uh, Android buttons, or when I say like, I mean similar to. Uh, that you can use when you develop your applications. You uh, you can use those elements on mobile, you can use those elements on uh, tablet, desktop, whatever you want when you develop your application, and you will that application will scale for the different desktops that you have. 
if you remember from the plasma 5.9 video that we've seen just now the look and feel uh, application that you use to manage your uh, that used to manage your plasma look and feel in order to save it and publish it to the KDE store that has the interface and I haven't checked but it looks like it's been developed in with Kirigami as the interface manager and so has uh, discover too I haven't noticed, but yeah, it looks like it did. It, it it looks like it. Want me does. to throw up the video for Kirigami? Do we have a video for about Kirigami? The Kirigami two introduction is on the dot dot kde. Ooh, awesome! Show it, please. Okay. Bim bim bim. Should be playing now. At the end of it. So it's it's done. Okay. So as you can see, Kirigami has a lot of uh, new and challenging uh, concepts of how the user interface should be. It's it, these details have been heavily discussed within the human interface guidelines team from KDE, and they've. They've discussed it a lot and they've done user testing. I was one of the testers when I was at CERN and for, on other events and I gave them a lot, some of my opinion on it. Uh, and they're trying not to copy other platforms. They're trying to find a better solution for it. Uh, as, but you will see many similar things that you also see on Android, iPhones and other platforms. They're trying to see and experiment what's the best user interface that can be flexible enough in order to have uh, enough change for, so you can use it on every, every platform. Okay, so, well, I mean, I think that... Uh, It'd be really great to get some feedback from our listeners and to let us know what they think about the idea of a uh, Kubuntu converged device. Um, in my kind of 
ubiquitous dreamland of this, I sort of thought to myself, oh, yes, you know, wouldn't it be great to do a uh, another Kickstarter or Patreon type project and and to actually build the, you know, forge the community around actually developing and pulling this together as a device and getting something out there. And I and <clears throat> and I think that, you know, it would be wonderful if uh, if there was a will or if there was some momentum in the community to do that. So get in touch with us. And drop us an email, hang out on IRC or whatever, and, and let us know what your thoughts are. And also what your thoughts are about the viability of um, some sort of converged device. Okay, let me skip off for a moment to uh, another one of our sponsors and make mention to the good work that they've been doing for us. Um, so this goes out to um, Linode, who have been with us for a while and um, and have been working with the Kubuntu community for, I think, over a year now. Um, Linode basically provide an awesome VPS with super fast SSDs, data connections, and top-notch support. Now, uh, they've been working with us to provide a sponsorship for our server to build packages more quickly and so we can get our distribution out to our users faster. Um, so we'd like you to go over and, uh, and check, check out their website. Go over to Linode, uh, their website, and uh, instantly deploy and get a Linode cloud server up and running in seconds with your choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location. You get SSD storage, 40 gigabit network, and Intel E5 process. So big shout out to the guys at Linode for working for us. And um, please do go over to our kubuntu.org website. You'll see the sponsors section there in the links at the bottom. If you go to the sponsors section and click on that link, that will tell Linode that you have come to them via us. And so without doing anything more, they'll know that that referral came from us. And that will uh, let them know that it is worthwhile them providing the hardware and uh, hosting that they do for us um, because it's getting the word out there. So please go ahead and do that. All right. Thank you very much, Linode. Okay. So next up is the Kubuntu developer feedback. So um, now I don't know too much about this bit, but I'm very excited by it. So I'm going to hand to one of you two guys in a moment, whoever wants to jump on it. But I've been watching the mailing list over the last, I don't know, month or so. And I've seen loads of new emails coming in from this newfangled fabricator thing. Um, fabricator and friction and, I don't know, other things that begin with PH. Um, <laughs> what's going on, guys? So uh, recently there has been an announcement that Trello has been bought by Atlassian and that was uh, a big kick in our free software loving side <laughs> side behind uh, that we should be using free software in order to organize ourselves and stop using proprietary software. Trello is proprietary software. It's an awesome piece of software still works the same even uh, even though they have been bought. Uh, but Fabricator is an open source project, so we're open source and freeware. Uh, uh, freeware, sorry, free and open source project uh, that, as far as I remember, has been developed and is still being developed by Facebook. Or I hope I'm not making a mistake here. And KD has. Uh, been testing it out as their main go-to platform where to store and manage stuff it there's as far as i know they still haven't decided this is our main official platform they're not calling it official yet but 
basically it's where most things happen. So Fabricator is a platform where you have many different apps, an app for managing repositories, an app for managing pull requests or merge requests, an app for having a wiki, an app for doing that, an app for doing that, for every kind of thing that you might need in a developer community. And uh, we, as the Kubuntu team, requested the KDE team uh, if they would be able to give us a project in that in their instance, so we can also have a work board where we can organize our tasks, and also have a small wiki where we can keep track of our documentation. Uh, Clive had the awesome idea of setting up a dictionary for Kubuntu, what each Kubuntu term means, and some links to each uh, explanation to where that service or project is that we use in Kubuntu. Uh, and how do we package, what's the continuous integration, how it works, and all those details. Uh, so each of these applications in Fabricator has a name. So Friction is, the, uh, Friction is the name of the wiki, if I remember correctly. Can someone confirm? Yes, that's right, the wiki. Okay. I saw that in the emails. Uh, so, Clarity uh, yeah, went ahead and in, asked... In our audio bridge, in our big broken chat room, said yes, it is. Valerie went ahead and asked the sysadmins if they can make us one, and the sysadmin says that they would like to hear some feedback from the community because we are a, KD, we are a distribution, we are not of K, a KDE project, per se. Uh, and... Uh, so Valerie went to the KDE community mailing list and started a thread about discussing about this topic and the community was, they're not sure because we're not exactly a KDE project, but eventually all the conversation ended when Harold said the big word, let's just give him a project, it doesn't hurt anybody, or something like that. And since then we have, the, we have a project in Fabricator and we've been using it since. Uh, someone said, I'm not sure who, that this is a great opportunity to deprecate the old documentation and organize the, the documentation in a new format and more flexible. Since we're using a sane wiki, we're not using that. I'm not going to name it, that old thing. One, one. Yeah, that thing. That thing yeah i think uh well you know this we've known for a while that our documentation is a bit spread about and bits and pieces all over the place so the fact that we've got this fabricator area sounds wonderful and that makes a lot of sense it sounds like a really good opportunity to bring all the documentation uh up to date uh, and to get you know for to have all of us as a community working in one particular area this idea of this one area with different tools like fabricator and friction and so on and so forth sounds really good um and i'm very i was very excited to see this happening on the mailing list and there was a huge amount of action activity going around it i was getting emails with all kinds of updates um and uh, so i went and signed up and, and got joined in myself so 
Uh, and I've put some links, by the way, in the show notes. So if anybody wants to go um, and have a look at our um, Kubuntu project on fabricator.kde.org, Clive Joe posted some links for us, and I've put them in the show notes as well for people to have a look at. So uh, excellent news. That's really good. Actually, there are so many emails um, coming in from that that I so actually had to create a filter other, uh, for that. Other c developer news? Yeah. <laughs> Rick, Rick, really? Rick, your lag, your lag, Rick, your lag is killing me. I know, I know, but I can't, I can't, I can't stop now and jump out. So I'm just going to have to carry on. Um, I don't know what I've done. Okay, let's go on. Intermission over. Right, there we are. Okay, right. Let me. Um, um, everything's getting out. Everything's getting out of sync. Intermission over. Let's move forward. All right. So, well, I was chatting uh, with uh, some of the developers uh, pre-show pre <coughs> to find out what was coming and what what updates we've got. Um, so, Rick put together this uh, screenshot that we've got here, and you can see here that I've zoomed in on this a little bit, and you can see what's coming in 17.04. So. We've got KDE Plasma version 5.9, which we've just shown you the shiny video for, so you can see um, what the desktop looks like. Um, KDE Frameworks 5.30 has been packaged as well, uh, along with 5.71. And um, so um, the really good news about this is that <clears throat> we're kind of leading the curve at the moment, as I understand it. Talking to the developers, the development team, they were really excited about getting this all together for Zesty. Um, there's been such a lot of activity over the last six months or so with new build servers, sponsorship from Linode and Bitemark and all of this new equipment. And in the background, the developers as a group have been working really hard um, to get all of this stuff packaged up and build all of this equipment and it's starting to come to fruition. So we're seeing some really good stuff. Now, <clears throat> I have to make one particular mention. I was asked deliberately to do this. So it's a big muchos cosa buenas to uh, Rick Mills, because uh, he's one of the development team who has been slaving in the background tirelessly and getting all of this stuff packaged up and working. And he was specifically mentioned. Uh, so we should say uh, thank you, Rick, for all of your hard work. We really appreciate it. Um, and it's just a brilliant job. It looks fantastic. Can't wait to get my hands on it, uh, if Rick, I'm honest. we salute you. Um, <clears throat> Good stuff. Okay, so um, now I'm just wondering what to do about our. Uh, we're getting a little bit short of time, and I know normally we'd normally come to our Linux gaming section here, but I think we're a little light on material at the moment. So I'm looking here to see whether Aaron nudges me in the chat room to say, yeah, I got something, Rick, or actually skip it. So. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to leave the game section for this month. We'll come back to it next month when we'll have another review or some other information. But we are getting quite tight for time, as we always do on this show. Uh, so I'm going to skip over that and drop into our next sponsor segment. Okay. So 
Um, big up to Bitemark. Um, they've been sponsoring us for a number of months now. They uh, provided uh, servers hosted in their York data center here in the UK, um, which the development team, as I said earlier on, have built to turn this into Jenkins slaves for our KCI, the Kubuntu Continuous Integration Auto Build System. Um, and so much of the stuff is being built on that. Uh, well, yeah, much of the of our uh, ISO distribution and packages is being built on these Bitemark servers. Now, Bitemark was founded with a very simple mission, reliable UK hosting. Um, Co-founders Matthew Block and Peter Taphouse, both engineers by nature, built the business from the ground up. And today they lead a team of 31 staff who operate Bitemark's own data center in York. Um, they monitor its 10 gigabit backbone national network and deliver 24-7 support to clients of all sizes. Brands hosted on Bitemark's network include the Royal College of Art, data.gov.uk, and DVLA auctions, and of course, Kubuntu and their KCI infrastructure. So do drop by their website and get started with a free month of cloud hosting. Once again, pop over to our website, kubuntu.org, go to the sponsors section and click on the link of the Bitemark logo. Um, or alternatively, you can look at uh, the, the show notes and there's a link in there. Uh, click that link and that will let the wonderful people at Bitemark know that you came via us here at the Kubuntu community. So big up and many thanks to Bitemark uh, for their help uh, and helping the community like that. Okay, so guys, um, there we go. We have torn through another show again. Um, it's shocking how quickly the month goes round. I think I caught caught uh, I caught me on the hop that, of course, the first of the month was also the first Wednesday of the month. So I was frantically in a panic down here in my uh, well, yet down down here yesterday, thinking I've got to get this studio working. Um, but uh, but it's been a good show and it's been great hanging out with you two guys again. Uh, I'm going to hand over to you for a second, Ovi. I just have a uh, just a quick once around. Uh, and then I will go into the outro section and tell everybody how they can get in touch with us and how they should write to us and all that kind of good stuff. But uh, over to you for a sec, Ovi. <coughs> okay, Rick, don't forget to mute yourself if you want to cough because... So I'm going to do another intermission here. Am I? Am I not? I don't know. So since I have this uh, little bit of time in here, I want to tell you guys something. You might not have heard it before, but... Kubuntu is awesome. No, 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 no reaction. Okay. I tried. I failed. Next. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Kubuntu is awesome. Next, Aaron. I'm on the end again. Wait, where were we? I don't know. I don't know what he wants us to do, so... <laughs> no, not yet. You're not on the end yet. No, That's why no, I'm no, acting I'm weird, because out. I don't know what around. he wants. That's 30 seconds is the Rick's lag. <laughs> That's yeah, says Rick will agree after 30 seconds or so. Oh, I know, absolutely. I, 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 I'm... I'm fading in the temporal zone. I'm kind of, I'm, I've been pulled into the black hole that is rubbishy poor internet connection here in uh, in my home office or some such thing. I don't know. Maybe I need one of those fancy new computers from uh, Nimbusoft or something with uh, 
uh, an up-to-date version installed on it. Anyway, I'm just keeping talking so that uh, uh, there's no gaps to allow anybody to jump in for an intermission and then we don't have to worry about the lag and deal with that. So I'm just going to talk my way out of this show by wittering incessantly and sounding like I'm hardly... You know I have to cut all this part out, and, right? Uh, there we are. <laughs> I can see Ovi talking. The video feed is in time. It's the audio. <laughs> Okay, let me go into the outro. Anyway, here we go. So, um, get in touch with us. Come and visit us at kubuntu.org. That's our website. Come and take a look. Come and see what's going on. Stay in touch there and keep up with the news. Um, and of course, uh, we uh, we always need more news and more news writers. So, if you want to get involved in updating and writing the news for us on the website, get in touch with the community by dropping by irc.freenode.net hashtag kubuntu. Uh, Drop in there and uh, uh, introduce yourself to the community, have a chat with a few people, and uh, come and hang out. We've got Telegram groups for chat. You can find out all about those by looking in the show notes or checking it out on the website. And uh, Telegram channel for news. Our social media channels are wide and varied. You can get in touch with us on Google+, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Reddit, and, of course, on LinkedIn. And each and every one of us has our own profiles on LinkedIn as well. If you want to get in touch with us, the Kubuntu podcast team, then you can do that either via Google Plus um, or, of course, via our Kubuntu podcast YouTube channel or simply drop by the kubuntu.org website. Click on the podcast link at the top. You can find out when the next show is going to happen. And also there's an immediate chat room that will put you in hash Kubuntu hyphen podcast where you can uh, have a chat with us. Where most of us are usually hanging around in there. You might have to prod for half an hour, especially for me. Keep shouting Rick out, but I'll be in there somewhere and I'll come and uh, I'll come and say hi. Okay, so if you want to find out more, more about me, then uh, that's very straightforward. Go and visit my website, which is ricktimmis.com. I'm going to hand over to Ovi now. You'll hear no more from me, incessant witter. So uh, it's very good to see you. Great to be back on the show. And I will see you all next time. Thanks, Rick. So uh, keep following us if you like this project. And keep, remember... Remember what? I don't know. Remember. Remember. Remember the fifth of November. <laughs> Remember, the power is within you. Remember John Hurt. Okay, I'm done. Uh, Aaron, go. Go to Aaron. Now you. Thanks for stopping by. Bye. <coughs> <laughs> Okay, show's over. You don't have to kill the feed if you don't want to. People can still watch if they want to. But show's over. Right now, we will not restrain ourselves. <laughs>